0: If you like betting on golf, but everyone at your back misses the cut. Get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more. Cause it's the golf betting system,
1: the golf
0: betting system is the golf. Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System podcast. It's episode 284. This is our 2023 Ned Bank Golf Challenge plus Butterfield Bermuda Championship Bets pod. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's DP and PGA Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamblerware. You can visit begamblerware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website where we have in-depth betting previews for both events. We've got strokes gained rankings for the Ned Bank. We've got course form stats combined with current form stats for both events. Plus, of course, our two predictor models. All of this content, like, This podcast. It's all completely free of charge. On X, Barry is at a Good Talk Golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. If you are listening to this podcast on the YouTube channel, please like the show. Now, you guys, as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Now, Barry, this is from Mark. And guess where he's from? He's from Ireland. Back in the game. Back in the game. Now, this is quite long, but it's a great, great review. So bear with us. Top pod, exclamation mark, five stars. Hi, lads. As an avid listener of the podcast for years years now. I'm sorry it's taken so long to write a review. Love the chat lads, great company while out for a walk in the forest or while out practicing my game. I'm sure other players are looking over at me chuckling away as I listen to the lively banter between the three of you, thinking that guy has finally lost it. Keep up the great work, you have a listener here for life. Finally, a word for Ivor Robson, the voice of the open. Into the open 21 times, and he always came across as a total gentleman, and always wondered how he stayed on his foot on his feet from the first tea at 6:30 a.m. until after 4 p.m. Rest in peace, Ivor. And that is from Mark in Ireland. Mark, thank you ever so much for those poignant words and that great feedback on the pod. Thank you.
2: Mm. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks, Mark. And uh, yeah, echo those sentiments about Ivor Robson, um, a sad, sad loss to the world of golf. But so, uh, yeah, many thanks for your kind words as well.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, Mark. I can't understand how you could be hitting shots on a range listening to us.
2: <laughs>
1: There's no way.
2: Maybe he's working know.
1: on his chipping and his patting. yeah. yeah. Maybe it's working on like how to hit shots when you're being distracted to the maximum, you know, <laughs> like, tree falling over in the middle of your backswing sort of thing.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: It's victory lap time. Barry yes, O'Hanrahan and Eric Van Royen. It's a partnership made in heaven last week. Well done, Barry. Thank you very much. Absolutely brilliant.
2: Mm, fantastic stuff.
0: I can remember talking at the end of last, at the end of my segment last week, and we were going through Eric Van Rooyen, and I was agreeing one hundred and fifty percent with everything you said about the guy, the motivation, the fact that he'd been playing well. We also had that little chat about had he played it well on Pasvalum in Europe, and we come, we come up with a couple of courses where he had, and it all clicked together.
1: It was uh, that was my segue, wasn't it? It was an amazing yeah. Sunday. Um, so I, I double I doubled down on my bet after fr- after Thursday's round. I thought he was effectively four shots off the lead, and he was still being offered at eighty to one. So, um, he was six back, but he was you know Cameron Percy had an outrageous first round. So I just thought leads only four away. So <laughs> I doubled my bet. So it all worked out quite well. Um, it was just surreal that back nine. I've mm. it was. Like watching a video game, the way he swung the club just looked like every shot had such focus and confidence in it. Um, it was it was an amazing thing to watch. If even if I didn't have the bet on, just to see golf played like that when there's a you know when the pressure's at its highest in a tournament, um, it was it was really special. Uh, you know, we, and then all of the. All of the stuff about his friend came, you know, started to filter Mm. through and came Mm. out afterwards, and it just, um, yeah, kind of like he said, you know, golf doesn't matter, tournaments don't matter, wins don't matter, and you know, it was, um, it was a really, um, really emotional, amazing moment. Just so, what, what a, what a great weekend. Um, I think it's a really, it's a good, happy, sad moment for them as well. Like you know, we. um, kind of made everybody a bit philosophical, but, you know, we don't have any guarantees about how long we are on this planet. So, um, and when you get great moments like that, they're, they're there to be treasured. So yep. I'm really glad for them they got that moment.
2: Yeah, no, got to enjoy it. But um, no, fantastic. I mean, from, from your perspective, whenever, as a punter, you're on the right side of that kind of Sunday Variants where um, mm. rather rather than the player going completely backwards on the back nine, um, they just produced something absolutely incredible like that. Um, and uh, if you're on the right side of that bet, as you were, then it's um, it's massively exhilarating. So uh, yeah, no congrats, congratulations, Barry. That's a fantastic pick and a great win uh, this late in the season to to set you up for well the rest of the year and next year. It's gonna be a good Christmas. <laughs> mm,
1: absolutely. It's it's it was kind of just staggering. You know, he starts to get you know, he makes the three birdies in a row after the turn, you're going, Oh, it's kind of interesting. Maybe you can just lock in a place now. Happy days. And then you start thinking there's no way you can keep holding these putts and they just keep dropping. It's uh it's, mm. it's,
0: it's a shame kind of... they didn't have strokes game metrics there, and because his strokes game putting oh, in that yeah. final round must have been through <laughs> the ceiling.
1: Yeah, a lot. He was <laughs> nailing everything yeah, yeah. centre cup that was that was true like nothing seemed to go in at all the side door at all it was just it no. was um, all at pace all in the
0: middle yeah. just just nailing them mm. in a way you know that thing with his friend and he bogeyed the first didn't he and, and uh, mm. Camillo and Matt Kuchar got off to fast starts I expect he's He's there in the last group, and he's thinking, well, I've got no chance of winning this now. These guys are five, six shots clear of me. And all of a sudden, the, just the natural golf, because he was clearly in great nick, just came yeah. back. And he, once he got on that momentum train, mm. it all came together. That's two wins now in, in the States for Van Roy. He's yeah. clearly a, He's clearly a capable sort, isn't he?
1: Mm-hmm. If he keeps yep. swinging like that, oh, my God. <laughs> it, was, it was like watching a video game.
2: Yeah. Yep. You know, all, all the stars align sometimes, but um, yep. yeah, there's, there's, there's potential for more in there. I've said this
0: already. Don't forget, we're in President's Cup year. You will get a lot of internationals now starting to percolate, undoubtedly. And actually, I was looking through the world rankings yesterday, and there's so much depth in talent now in terms of Korea, Canada. Yeah, you know, Australia, you know, even New Zealand with with Ryan Fox. There's, there's, and you've even got Griot in there from from the, you know, from South America. You've got, you've got a, the makings of a quite a strong team coming together there, and they're all edging. A lot of them, you know, now in the top fifty, top sixty in the world. Mm. So that you know that for players like Eric van Royen, players like Mackenzie Hughes, players that think that they're good enough to play Presidents Cup, you know. There's, there's, they've got to put good performances into you know. There's there's a whole host now, of course, of Koreans that that can get into that team. Tom Kim, Si Woo Kim, you have got um, uh, who's the one that I forgot? Sung Jae Im. You've got, of course, now um, who else have we got? the uh, The New Zealand guy or the Australian guy? Uh, Ryan Cam Fultz. Davis. It's just it's just a plethora of t- Min Woo Lee, plethora of talent yeah. there. So players like Van Roy and Hughes, Nick Taylor's, a lot of the Canadians, Corey Connors to a certain extent, they've got to, they've got to start playing well to get into that team, yep. and you, you're going to see that into the early, you know, into, into, into early middle of the next season, mm-hmm. next year rather. It's good. It's exciting stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right. Should we? It's a packed show. Let's move on quickly. Uh, undoubtedly better event this week is the ned bank challenge uh, we're not seeing a whole host of uh, wds as we are over in bermuda <laughs> let's crack on with the ned bank which clearly they play at gary Player at uh, golf and country in terms of best maker for the 2023 ned bank challenge we're highlighting bet 365 who has ever have their each way extra market available which gives you the option to increase or decrease the number of places when you are betting pre event on the Ned Bank outright. I've used oh you've used their eight places each way on some of your tips, haven't you, Paul, this way?
2: I have indeed, yeah, a couple, yeah.
0: As ever. Now, as we record this pod, they're offering extended market best odds and eight place each way on market leaders, such as Tommy Fleetwood, seven to one favourite. Max Homer at eight to one. Yeah, you heard that correctly. Max Homer on the U, on the DP World Tour. We've got Justin Thomas and Ryan Fox at 14 to 1. Yeah, you heard that right, Justin Thomas on the DP World Tour. Jordan Smith at 25 to 1. And Marcel CM, he's a 50 to 1 chance. In terms of boosts, they're boosting Max Homer from 8 to 1 to 9 to 1. Justin Thomas from 14 to 1 to 16 to 1. And Robert McIntyre, first round leader, he's being boosted from 33 to 1 to 40 to 1. with bet 365. If you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 Sports account, you can find details of their current Bet10 pounds. Get £30 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in this podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code SPORT30. That is SPORT30 when registering. Right, Paul, take us through the Nedbank Golf Challenge, please.
2: Yeah, the... um I think that's effectively the warm up event for next week's DP World Tour Championship, isn't it? Actually, it's the last time that it will be because um, there's. I know you and I chatted about this a week or so ago, Steve. They've chopped and changed with the um, uh, with the schedule for next year, and Abu Dhabi, which is normally um, right at the start of the year, will be the event immediately prior to the DP World Tour Championship next year. So you'll have two big Middle Eastern events to to complete the uh, complete the season over on the DP World Tour, which will add a different um different dimension to it, I guess. Um but yeah, so so in terms of uh, the Ned bank, whether they try and squeeze the Ned Bank into another spot we shall we shall see. But uh, but for now it's yeah it's for now it's the last time that we'll see it um as the uh, as the curtain raiser, effectively for the season's end. Um they've also chopped and changed with the format of this over the years and you may remember from many years ago it used to be a elite field 12 player affair and uh, now this year we're playing with what looks like a field of 66 I'd, I'd assumed it was going to be 65 which was a bit of an odd number with five invites and the top 60 available from the race to Dubai but it appears to be 66 so obviously wanted a round number there uh, no cut this week four straight rounds so quite straightforward in that respect but a limited field of just 66 so if you are managing to get some additional each way terms in your bets this week then um then you could potentially be getting some pretty good value in uh, in a limited field event Uh in terms of the field I mean you've run through a few of them I'll just go through uh, the top 8 or so. Tommy Fleetwood 8 to 1 very best but as you said Steve 7 to 1 generally and uh Likely to be shorter than that in places. Max Homer, 9-1. to one. Justin Thomas, 14-1. to one. Both of those guys making their debuts over here this week at uh, the Gary Player. Ryan Fox, a little bit 18-1, to one, but generally 16s. Justin Rose, 20. Adrian Moronk, 22. And then you're into the likes of Aaron Rye, jo- Jordan Smith, Brandon Grace at 25s, the Hoygaard Brothers at 28s, and 35-1 to one bar. Those... Players. Uh Boyle Sports are eight places each way as standard this week, so do check them out. And of course, as Steve said, Bet 365 have their eight places each way, 150 odds option available as ever. So um yeah, the field is 66. Well worth looking at these additional each way place options. Now the course, Gary Player Country P- Club, um, Sun City. 7,834 yard par 72. So on paper, it's a bit of a brute, but it is played at altitude. So in my mind, and this is often how it's portrayed, you can roughly assume meters for yards. So it makes it much closer to kind of 7,200 yards um, would be how I would um, translate it. Lots of tee boxes as well. So the organizers can chop and um, and, and put the... um, put the tees where they like and, and change the yardage as well during the course of the four days so it doesn't tend to play its full length um, certainly not the the, the, um, the scorecard length and with the altitude it's a bit shorter as well so don't just assume it's just for the, um, for the most powerful players out there relatively tight fairways though particularly for a course of this style uh, trees and bushes from just off of this short grass so if you're particularly wayward you could be in a lot of trouble Uh, Slick, bent grass greens. It's generally not a pushover. Um, It's been, over the last few years in particular, it's been quite a challenge in terms of the winning score, which I'll run through in a second. There is lots of history to go through this week. We also had um, the South African Open, which was played here in 2020 and 2021. So if you're flicking through the core stats or the combined stats this week on the site, Um, There's a little uh, addition there for those two years for the South African Opens, which were played here at Sun City, but of course weren't the Ned Bank uh, per se. If you you really want to delve in, there are stacks of results from uh, Sunshine Tour events as well. Generally not as relevant for this week's field, but uh, if you want to get a wider feel of the uh, winning scores or style of play, etc. There's um, there's loads of Sunshine Tour events that are hosted here over the years as well. So lots and lots to delve through this week. Um, but yeah, in terms of the most relevant, it's got to be the Nedbank events and also those South African Open events from 2021. 20 in terms of the weather, Sun City, well, it's going to be living up to its name, I think, this week. Barely a cloud in the sky, temperatures up to 90 Fahrenheit, 5 to 10 mile an hour winds, nothing to, nothing to worry the players there. That might lend itself to a slightly deeper winning score, but um, from what we've seen over the last few years, it's uh, it's been quite a challenge. Recent winners, 2013, Thomas Bjorn won at 20 under. So we could get to a decent uh, decent score back then. He was 30 to 1. 2014, Danny Willett, 18 under, 25 to 1. 2015, Mark Leishman, 19 under. So really quite a consistent winning scores back then, 66 to 1. Then it started to get a little bit trickier. 2016, Alex Norrin was 14 under, 20 to 1 shot. Brandon Grace won in 2017, 11 under. As a 16 to 1 shot. 2018, Lee Westwood 15 under, 40 to 1. And then Tommy Fleetwood won in 2019 and 2022 at 12 under and 10 under par. So we've been gradually kind of eking the winning score um, higher and higher in that respect. So 10 under for the last renewal 12 months ago from Tommy. He was an 11 to 1 shot last year. Um, 2019 he was 14 to 1 so well fancied on both occasions Danny Van Tonder and uh, Christian Bezweenhout won the two South African Opens in 2020 and 2021 slightly easier setup by the looks of it 16 and 18 under they won it but if you look through the stats for those winners um all the way back really greens in regulation um in terms of traditional stats has been the key Angle to look here at Sun City. It makes sense if you look at the way the course is set up. Um, it does tend to lend itself to players who can find a lot of putting surfaces. Primarily, uh, we've got some patchy strokes gain data. Um, it's patchy from the uh, South African Open event in 2020, where, where it was captured. A little bit, little bit better for the Ned Banks, but uh, even so, not great. From what we can glean from that. Strokes gained approach, um, 7th, 1st and 6th from the three winning totals. Strokes gained tee to green, 1st, 2nd, 2nd. So that again, to me, screams that kind of tee to green player approach play. Green's in regulation. Um, Maximising your game from tee to green has got to be the way forward this week, I think. Uh, In terms of course, the current form first, uh, last three winners, all of them had a top five in one of their previous four starts. Generally, if you can go back further than that, some solid incoming form has tended to be the way forward here. Course form, the last four winners, two of them, Tommy Fleetwood, also had decent course form. Uh, Brandon Grace had finished 20th and 4th in his two previous Ned Banks and then he won in 2017. Uh, Lee Westwood's got a fantastic record here, going back. Um, well, Sunshine Tour days and previous. Ned Banks had won a couple of those, um, and then he won in twenty eighteen. Tommy Fleetwood, well, defended in twenty twenty two, effectively um, you know, three years late, and um, but tenth and um, prior to winning his first title back in 2019 so tommy had taken a shine to the course had had westwood previously brandon grace played well i think a bit of course form doesn't hurt here so um it does raise questions when you're looking at the likes of maybe a a max homer or justin thomas who are coming here and playing a lot of altitude and making their course debut um at skinny prices For me, it's uh, it does make my mind up on that kind of player. Bit of a dilemma though with Tommy because his course form is so good. Um, his current form is not bad either. Top ten at the Open Championship, sixth at the BMW PGA Championship. Eight to one a- absolute best at the moment. Probably seven to one by the time you're listening to this. Um, I don't know. I, I expect Tommy to be in the mix this week, but there's absolutely no juice in that. I mean, I, I remember last year looking at the 11-1 to and thinking call that skinny and um, you know he's 7-1 to one now um, yeah tough ask I mean if you fancied Tommy this week it, it'd have to be pretty much an all eggs in one basket job which um, not really my style but um, if you do fancy him then I can see him being in and around the uh, top few places whether he actually wins or not I don't know uh, Tommy doesn't tend to get over the line that often does he it's it's um, it's something quite a stretch. Anyway, I'm back four this week. I've left him alone. I've left Homer and Thomas alone. The first one for me this week is a little bit further down. It's Aaron Rye at 25-1. to For me, his game type fits the bill perfectly. If you look at the likes of Tommy, uh, Lee Westwood, even Jim Furyk is won here a couple of times as well. Um, Metronomic can win here. Um, Queen's Regulation can win here. Uh, Aaron's got um, a PGA Tour card already secured, so there's no pressure in that respect. He's 61st in the race to Dubai coming into this week. So if he's going to make the Tour Championship next week, then he needs a big week. Uh, And he's been a decent nick over on the PGA Tour. 12th at Colonial, 3rd at the Canadian Open, 9th at the Rocket Mortgage. Came inches away, you remember, from forcing a playoff at Wentworth back in September. Um, been playing some nice stuff. Ninth last time out in Qatar, and um, from his two attempts here at Sun City, eighth and thirteenth. So, I think Aaron Rye can be a fixture or a feature this week at least. Another who needs a decent week uh, to guarantee himself a start at the Earth Course is Matt Wallace, and I've backed him at forty to one also. Now, like Aaron Rye, has been playing mainly over on the PGA Tour. But when he's dipped back over to the DP World Tour, at this level, he's been impressive. Second at the Czech Masters. Um, you remember that one. Only Todd Clements stopped him that week. He shot that fine around 63 just to take the uh, take the title by the scruff of the neck. Otherwise, that was Matt Wallace's to win. Sick for the Dunhill Links, Ninth in Qatar. Now, in Qatar, his stroke's game positive in every category. Um I've been reading stuff that he's been talking about on social media. I think he's very, very close, Matt. Um, I think a decent test like this week um, is where he's going to be best served. And um, if he can produce his best stuff this week, I think he can go well. He was fifth here in 2018 and is, for me, in better overall form right now. Now, I know we're quite tight for time, so I'll rattle through my other two and then bring you guys in. Um, I've also backed Marcel Cm. 50 to 1 with 8 places. Um, You can get 55s if you want to take fewer places, but I've gone for the 8 place option, 50 to 1. Now, in terms of qualification for next week, that's one aspect of uh, what players will be looking at who are a little bit further down the list this week in in terms of their race to Dubai rankings. But we've also got this 10 PGA card or PGA Tour card um, scenario which is going to capture the imagination of an awful lot of players. Now you've got some players who are pretty much locked up the card for next year, some who are in the position to take a card but need to uh, need to look over their shoulder and then a few like Marcel CM who are just outside that top 10 and um, can really have a go at uh, trying to trying to get a card this week. And for me, I you know CM age of 43 if he's going to make it then this is going to be his best chance um, of his career, of his life, most likely to to get a chance to go and play on the on the PGA Tour for the year. And I think you know that's going to motivate him. Some of these guys, I think, over the course of the weekend, we'll probably start to see him wobble a bit um, when they're you know, the thoughts of getting a PGA Tour card, the thoughts of playing over in America for a year will start to play pray in their mind. I think CM it will do the opposite. I think he's the kind of player that it will just galvanise. And we've seen a bit of that recently when he finished fourth and seventh in the two Spanish events recently. A lot of passion, a lot of um, desire to try and um, grab one of these spots. And I think that this um, this this could be a big week for Marcel. Now, he won his first European tour, as it was uh, at the time, title on South African uh, soil back in t- 2004 it was. That was in Johannesburg, so altitude's no issue. Fourth here in 2014, sixth here at the South African Open in 2020. So some good course form as well. Long game's been really good. Um, been flicking through his stats. We know he's a streaky putter, Marcel. But uh, his long game stats have been really on point recently, so something's clicked in his game. And um, for me, he's a pretty live runner at fifty to one this week. I must say. Mm-hmm. Um, final one, Dan Bradbury. Um, I backed him one hundred and ten to one yesterday. Been nibbled in in places, so um, in in and around the hundreds one uh, price point. I guess by the time you're listening to this, course debutant, but um, that's pretty much where he's been all year. He's only been on the scene for just over a year, but. Again, a player who's progressing and one that I think we'll hear lots about in the years to come. Now, he won the Joburg Open last year. That was his first time playing at altitude ever, from what I've read. And uh, he took to it like a duck to water, one by three. Um, And that was after showing some decent promise um, at the Spanish Open before that. 13th this year, finished sixth at the Spanish Open. 13th last time out at um, the uh, Andalusia. He led the field for greens in regulation in Madrid as well. That's his strength. His strength is his long game. Um, Greens in regulation, strokes gained approach, strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained off the tee as well. He's right up there, top 20 or thereabouts, on all of those metrics for the season to date. Um, So this course, I think, should suit Dan Bradbury very, very nicely. And uh, I can see him sneaking into one of the places this week at a tasty price. But then my four, Bradbury, CM. Wallace Aaron Rye, now, Barry, give us the actual winner, please,
1: Oh, no John Lightning doesn't really strike twice that often, does it <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaning towards you and Ferguson,
2: mm, yeah, I can say that,
1: yeah, nice, nice recent run, ninth thirteenth sixteenth, thirteenth at this um last time out i you know um yeah, I. You know, just gravitating towards it. It was him and Jameson have just been popping up on my radar quite a lot recently and you know, it's because they're playing good golf, so you're seeing their names a lot. Um, yeah, there's not much more to not much more to the pick than that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm gonna say that he was he was certainly one of the shortest. He was being backed in very, very heavily yesterday, so there was a lot of um lot, lot of early action on him from kind of fifty to one to where was he now? Thirty-three, thirty-five, or a little bit forty maybe. But I'll take it. Yeah. Um
1: yeah, highly highly accurate. So it kind of matches mm. what um what you were getting at uh, earlier. Yeah. And I backed Aaron, yeah, I don't know, I might I think I might be time to jump off the Aaron Rice ship backed him a few times in the states i know i know i probably might i might just have a little saver just in case because Mm. there was reason you know there were reasons i was backing him in the states and maybe maybe he's you know maybe exiting there just you know he's got the job done sorted there for next year yeah maybe that unlocks him here just a different change of
2: soil takes the pressure off doesn't it and um the thing I noticed with Rye is he was strokes game positive in Qatar. Now, we've talked about uh, Aaron Rye's putting um, at length on this over the over the years. And, you know, you generally expect to see similar kind of numbers come out of his game each week with strong tee to green performances, you know, yeah, a, a very accurate off the tee performance and generally a negative strokes game putting. But if he started to find a little bit of a spark with a putter... Mm. <clears> yeah. Yeah. Then that can be This productive. is no parting contest, is it? Uh oh, no absolutely not when you're looking at the names of Lee Westwood and Tommy yeah. Fleetwood and at the top of um. It's Fle- many a leader twenty
0: twenty-first in twenty nineteen and thirty-fourth for parting in twenty twenty
1: two. Yeah. <clears throat> Dominate
2: green.
0: Yeah. I back three. I I found it quite easy actually. I've I've gone for CM, fifty to one, we bet three six five. I, I think he's the kind of player that will actually be inspired by this um mm. By this quest, and yep. we've been talking about it for a while now. For for a player of his age, for a player of his history, for a player that's gone through the trials and tribulations of a full career like he has, to make the PGA Tour would be amazing. Mm, and I think that will inspire him. And I don't, you know, I don't think Earth Course shouts Marcel CM next week. No, this is better. This is far better. So this is his chance of glory this week. I think. I've no idea what he needs to get into the top ten, but if he plays well, oh, it's, it's, it's not, got to be driving him in the right, driving him in the right yeah, direction.
2: It's going to depend what everyone else does, Steve, as well. Yep. So um, he's, he can't work through the these, No, these players have just got to um, go out there and give it absolutely everything.
0: Uh, I also like the idea of picking a couple of players where that is of no consequence whatsoever and we do get some very high quality players that win here in general because it's that kind of course and it's that kind of field i think aaron rye fits, so i'm on rye as well i'm on exactly the same terms that you got on with again at bet365 so i've got the eight places and the 25 to 1 on aaron rye he makes perfect sense with his metronomic game the other one i've gone for that was a little bit below my radar and I had a quick dig into him. 14th and 4th for approach in his last two outings. Wentworth Open to Spagna. 10th and 12th for tee to green. He was also 2nd and 15th for greens in regulation, which really his is game. And also noticeably, he was hitting tons and tons of fairways at both Madrid and Wentworth. And I I look at Tommy Fleetwood. He he's actually you know, and someone like a Jim Furyk here. Where do they play well in the states? Because that's the way angle I always look. And you look at Fleetwood. He's all over the Florida golf courses. He's all over the Honda Classic, all over the Arnold Palmer Invitational, all over Copperhead where they play the Valspar. He was the it was him Spieth uh, and. Uh, Taylor Moore this year, wasn't it, that contended there with Adam Schenk at Copperhead. Mm. The name that just popped up to me that's got a fantastic form in Florida, and if you said to me down the pub one day, you know, who's who's one of the best bent grass players in the world? I'd say Justin Rose. So I managed to get on Rose yesterday at 20-1 to 1 as well with Bet365. So I've got Rose Rye, and I've got C.M., the, yeah. the problem with Rose is has been his putting. He's he's lost seven point three six and eight point eight one uh, strokes putting in his last two performances. If he can write the putter on Ben grass, and we know that he's you know, clearly got very close associations with South Africa, I could see him going very very well. So mm. Rose Rye CM for me.
2: Yeah, it probably only needs to be neutral for Rose if he if his teeter green game is bang on. The money this week. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neutral be great. Yeah. Losing 8.8 8 strokes isn't really... <laughs> no, not so not not, great. That's, that's not good for man or beast. But <laughs> on bent grass greens, he's an absolute killer in the past. Mm. I know when I go through my bent grass numbers, it's always him and Rory McIlroy at the top on the PGA Tour since 2008. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can pad it. So it just needs something to click. Indeed. Right, I can't promise you or go into... Um, into the Butterfield Bermuda Championship with the same kind of gusto in terms of what field we've got on offer. Uh, because it's not very good. <laughs> uh, you've got Adam Scott, the favourite, which tells you pretty much all you need to know. And fair play to Adam for playing. Uh, Brendan Todd. I mean, I'm going through the top eight names like you did, Paul. They're not, they're not really stacking up, but the same <laughs> as yours. Scott Todd, Dietrich, Bartia... Ben Griffin, Lucas Herbert, Alex Smalley, Taylor Pendrith. I'll throw Alex Narren and Lucas Glover. Have you noticed that Lucas Glover's odds are starting to fall back down again? Mm. All of a sudden, Glover in this field, bearing in mind he made Eastlake and was one of the best players at the end of last year, is 10th in this field in terms of betting odds. Yes. I just think, okay, starting to, starting to drift a little. But yes they play this at port royal which is a very very picturesque golf course it's an absolute beauty 6828 yards southampton bermuda it's not a bad spot i, I you know i if i was going to earn a few million billion quid i'd, I'd probably shack up at somewhere like bermuda uh, holes with water hazard seven so quite a few if you think about it on a coastal golf course Um, It's short, it's a par 71, and from an agronomy's perspective, I can really freak out this week. It's absolutely fantastic. I've got details for not only the front nine, but the back nine. The front nine is 419 Bermuda grass, and the back nine, these are the fairways, and rough. 419 Bermuda grass, there's also zoysia in there, guys, zoysia. But that's only on the back nine. None of this is consequential at all, I know that, but... Um, Also, 8,000 square feet on average green surfaces, which I thought were massive for a 6,828 yard golf course, but I suppose it's by the coast. Um, They want to make sure plenty of the members and holiday makers do actually hit greens rather than find themselves (coughs) in all manner of trouble, I would have thought. That kind of comes across as well in the difficulty level. This was in the top 10 easiest golf courses last year, and it was blowing at points 25 to 30 miles an hour. (laughs) And it still played 1.84 shots beneath par for the whole field. So you're going to need to make birdies this week. Fully kitted out with Bermuda grass with that little bit of zoysia in the mix on the fairways and the rough on the back nine. 36-35 um, split, the front nine featuring a couple of reachable par fives. The back nine is a bit tougher. There's there's a couple of holes where there's water off the, uh, water's a feature off the tee. There's also a couple of holes that kind of pebble, pebble, beach-esque, right, hanging on the cliffs, par threes, um, but, yeah, it's gettable. It's gettable. It's, as ever, coastal golf course, all depends on the weather. Now, from what I've seen, the first two days, it's going to lie down, nothing more than 10 miles an hour, and then on Saturday, we see a southwesterly gusting up to 25, and interestingly enough, and you don't see this very often, on the Sunday... It goes full 180, becomes a northeasterly, exactly the same wind strength if the forecast are to be mm. believed. So that'd be just interesting to see how the course plays with completely yeah. two completely opposite wind directions.
2: Yep. Keep them on their toes.
0: Definitely. Power nineteen under one last year. Lucas Herbert fifteen under the year before. That was particularly windy. I remember that final round. It was gusting 35, 40 mile an hour. Patrick Reed. Came from nowhere to grab second place with some crazily good round on the Sunday. Before that, Brian Gay, Brendan Todd. Plotters, and then the two most recent, a bit longer off the tee. But in my mind, this golf course is a real putters heaven. Short game, scrambling and putters. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it. And you can kind of tell that. I mean, we've got no strokes gain data because it's a PJ2 event outside the United States in the fall. But if you just look at the winners here, Todd, Gay, Herbert, Power, average through where, where within the made field they ranked. Driving distance, 30th. Driving accuracy, 26th in the field. Greens in regulation, 23rd in the field, which is really, really low. You normally see that, sometimes single digits scrambling 18th putting average sixth so it actually goes completely the opposite direction to what we normally see which is greens and regulation being really really important here putting 18th putting average sixth putting contest effective uh, anything else to mention winning prices here they've been an absolute miss mix mixed bag 22 to one power last year I think it was fourth favorite something like that Herbert 80 to one. And then Brian Gay two hundred to one, Brendan Todd hundred to one. So I mean, the average is pretty meaningless. It's hundred to one. We've just had a plethora of players pulling out though, and I don't know. I, I find that difficult when you've got the, you know, there's a, you know, a decent. <laughs> I guarantee it'd be interesting to see. I haven't seen anything, but if in terms of world rankings, will this event outrank the Ned Bank this week? It does. As right? seems to happen, yeah. Yeah. It does. If-
2: yeah, I looked at uh, the Nosferatu stats on yep. Twitter X yesterday. And yeah, it's. It, well, I, I guess the other point with that is that Ned Banks is short field, so there's less aggregated uh, ranking points on there. But yeah, it's it, it's still marginally ahead. So.
0: There's $6.5 million up for grabs, $1.17 oh. million to the winner, 500 FedEx Cup points. The winner qualifies for the Tournament of the Champions in January and the Masters. And we've just had a plethora. I'm not including Eric Van Rooyen in this for obvious reasons, but a plethora of players saying, nah, don't fancy that. Could put my feet up. Hmm. I find that a bit strange, but there you go. Um, players' uh, mentalities and all that. It's like uh, some of these tournaments are below them and they're sort of ranking 117th in the FedEx Cup standings. I've gone for four. Well, I haven't. I did go for four and one of them's withdrawn. Mackenzie Hughes has saved me. Some of my stake money this week. So that's good. Barry did tell me pre pod that he wasn't going to win anyway. So <laughs> that's good. It saved some of my stake money. Um, I've gone for a couple up the top of the leaderboard. I managed to snag literally by the skin of my teeth with William Hill. Thanks, William Hill. 25 to 1 on Ben Griffin. Um, listeners will know Ben. Um, very good on Bermuda grass. Just comes to the party on Bermuda grass. Um, the last time we saw him was, of course, he threw away that Sanderson Farms Championship last month, where he dominated and then froze on the final round. Still got into a playoff, and that was the five man playoff where Luke List went all Eric Van Royen and made something like a 45 to 50 foot putt to win the tournament. Um, yeah, Griffin, I, I just think if you're looking at a, t- a player that's going to win soon on tour, I think Griffin in this field is one of the most likely. And also this short Bermuda grass golf course just suits him down to the ground. And it was interesting last week. I didn't have him down for Pass Barlam and he was OK. I mean, he finished top 20, but it was his Saturday and Sunday rounds seem to be really growing in momentum. So I think Griffin could be a real danger this week. So I'm on Griffin Two points each way, 25 to one with William Hill, eight places each way. I've also gone for another player that... Oh, by the way, with Griffin, he was third here last year. I think he was the 54-hole leader. I've also gone for another player that was 54-hole leader, and that was the year before that, the one that Herbert won, Taylor Pendrith. Pendrith is trending very nicely. And the thing I noticed with Pendrith, especially from... 2022 last year when he actually got into the President's Cup team. When Pendrith finds form, he's one of these players that can literally just you know, put together top 10, top 13 finishes. He got six top 13 finishes across seven tournaments last year. They included 13th of the players. There was an 8th of the BMW Championship, which was a FedEx Cup uh, playoff event. So that was loaded. Second at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, he was the 54-hole f- uh, leader here when Herbert won in 2021. He shot 61-65 across Friday and Saturday to be leading by three shots going into Sunday. But Pendrith had just got promoted from the Corn Ferry at that point. Very low experience on the main tour. And it was gusting up to 30 miles an hour. I did describe that. That was the day Patrick Reed went... I think he shot sixty-five when everyone else was shooting seventy-threes and seventy-fours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Pendrith uh, Indian came third. But uh did he come third? No, I don't think he did. I think he came fifth, yeah. But yeah, so Pendrith and Griffin for me at the top, 25 to 1 chances. I was on Mackenzie Hughes' McKenzie Hughes, he's done the honourable thing. My final selection, chaps, at the moment is an 80 to 1 chance. So where are you guys at in terms of your leading uh, punts on this one? So let's start with Barry.
1: Uh, I'm going to go because I haven't formulated where I'm going at the top of the market. I have one that at the very, very depth. So I'll start with it's Wesley Bryan. Oh yeah, at the yeah the two the two brothers seem to just be having a bit of a ball at the time to- at the moment. Um, <clears> noticed they're out in Bermuda already. They were filming some YouTube content. So just gonna kind of, kinda of just jump onto that kind of good vibes they have. Um Wesley's won on um Bermuda grass before and three hundred to one for eight places. I mean, why not? So that's my super long punt uh outsider for to start off.
0: They've uh, he's been featuring on that PGA Tour a follow through round as well, has not he? Yeah. With Ek- Ek- Ekroats on there, isn't he? And is it um, Endicott, the Australian?
1: They're, they're good. The I like those. Yeah. That is.
0: Do you know, that's very insightful stuff. I like it. Yeah. Really do like it. So you're on Wesley Bryan, clearly a winner at Town by the coast. So that makes a level of sense. What about you, Paul?
2: Yeah, I've got, uh, I've only about two this week. One, one near the top and then one plumbing the similar kind of depths to Barry. Um, Actually, Batty I've stuck with on uh, near the top of the market, 20-1. to 1. This is a poor field, isn't it? I think this is the kind of field that he could absolutely beat up. Closed with a 64 for a top 10 last week and progressive form overall now, 43rd, 35th, 21st, 10th, uh, 17th here last year. And that came with the back of three missed cuts on the Corn Ferry. And that was his first start for nearly two months as well. So hit the ground running after... Um, you know, potentially being a bit rusty and a bit out of form here. Twelve months ago, I think it's a level above most of these. He needs to putt well. His Putting can be a bit sporadic, um, but we have seen uh, spells where he's putted well enough to contend and compete. And if he's coming off the back of a sixty-four, he's, um, he's shown a little bit of a spark, and the ball's um, finding the bottom of the cup, um, particularly on Sunday. So, Batty yeah, had twenty to one. Uh, the other one I've backed is further down, Satoshi Kodaira. Um, and that's, again, it's the Harbour Town link there. Uh, you mentioned in your um, preview there's potential for that to be a, a fair comp course for this. So um, I, I quite like that. Uh, yeah, As we know, he won there and um, we won't talk too much about the uh, the, the players that he mm-hmm. beat Shh. that week. Quiet. <laughs> <But> in, t- <laughs> in terms of it being a short Bermuda Bermuda grass uh, green course, you've got that. Um, 12th recently at the Zozo and that was a decent enough effort especially in comparison to this 6th for driving accuracy 2nd for grins and regulation eight for scrambling that week so 5th um, after 54 holes missed a cut last week um, that was sorry so the Zozo was the week before missed a cut last week but this suits much much better I think and Kadira 200 to 1 with 8 places William Hill out there right now so happy to take that as a little outsider pump but that's just two for me this week.
0: My longest tip is eighty to one. It's Henrik Norlander. Uh, he's in a he's one hundred twenty first in the FedEx Cup standings. So there's only four below him. So he needs to play well. Uh, he's a Bermuda grass monster. Love that phrase. Five of his last eight top ten finishes have come on Bermuda grass. He's had a fifth at Sea Island, the RSM Classic, ninth at the Sony Open. He's also had a second, a fourth, and a fourth at Jackson. He was another one that was in that. I keep referring to that Luke List, Ben Griffin Mm. um, playoff at and Farms last month, and he was in that as well. Uh, He's been playing off partial status this year, so for him to stay in the 125 this year would be a massive upgrade for Norlander, be able to actually fully plan his schedule for 2024 the sort that would just pop up and grab a decent finish I think on a short Bermuda grass golf course I'm also toying and Paul knows this because I've been uh, writing content already I'm toying with two I've got some stake money that Mackenzie Hughes has given back to me I know for a fact that if I don't actually tip him up this week, Brandon Wu is likely to stiff me because I was on him last week and we all I kept talking about last week was he was a coastal golf course expert. So I might go for Brandon Wu. He's around 50 to 1. And the other one is Alanto Griffin at around, around 55 to 60 to 1. But clearly. I will be releasing or re-releasing my published preview later on on Tuesday with what I decide to do with the stake money that's been handed back to me by Mackenzie Hughes. Is that us done, chaps?
2: Yeah, I think so. Short and sweet this week.
0: Short and sweet. Actually gives me a little bit of time maybe to get those tips or tip written. Right, I hope your bets go well, chaps. We've only got one more podcast in terms of tips left for 2023, and that is next week, the DP World Tour Championship alongside the RSM Classic on the PGA Tour. I hope your bets go well, gents. Yeah, best of luck, boys. You too, guys. Best of luck to listeners. If you're still with us, don't forget you can follow us on X. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. I am at Bamford Golf. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you again next week. Cheerio. If
1: you like betting on golf,
0: but everyone that your back misses the cut, get some
2: experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more, because it's the golf betting system,
1: the
0: golf betting system, is the